We're using social media like all day, every day. And we get to see some of the really crazy parts of life, but we also get to see some really amazing things. Nice homes, cars, travel, experiences, vacations. And I know it makes you dream and think of you and your family experiencing a better life and being debt free. Does it all seem out of reach for you? Like, do your financial goals seem impossible? Well, guess what? They don't have to be. With Chime Secured Credit, build a Visa credit card. You can start building credit with your own money through untimed payments and small everyday purchases like groceries, streaming, and gas. Members see an increase of 30 points to their credit scores on average. Chime reports your payments to the major credit bureaus to help you build credit over time, all with no annual fees, large security deposits, or credit checks to apply. Start making your financial dreams a reality with Chime. Signing up only takes two minutes and does not affect your credit score. Get started at chime.com forward slash success. That's chime.com forward slash success. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by Stride Bank NA pursuant to a license from Visa USA. Chime checking account and $200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply for the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. Based on a study conducted by Experian, Credit Builder members observed an average 30-point FICO score 8 increase after 8 months with regular on-time payments. Results may vary. See Chime.com for details. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply except at MoneyPass ATMs in a 7-Eleven or at any AllPoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATMs. You, you can't do two things at once. You either stressed or you blessed. And I walked away that day knowing in this area, you never have to be stressed again. Yeah. And there's some things that happened to me last year from a responsibility standpoint that when I made those adjustments and I started doing my blood, my blood pressure was down. So some of my stuff wasn't even diet. Right. It was, you're taking on more responsibility than what you should. And God is the daddy of all. You're not everybody daddy. You ready? All right. What's going on, y'all? Listen, real quick, before we get into this show, listen, man, we had an audio mishap, like our audio recorder literally froze. So the first couple of minutes of this will be just our regular camera audio, but the audio does get better, but we don't want you guys to miss out on this content, man. So stay tuned with us. The audio gets better around like 12 and a half minutes. Appreciate y'all rocking with us. Enjoy the show. What's going on, world? Welcome to another edition of the Secret to Success podcast. I'm your host, CJ Joint. As always, I got Douglas over here to my right, your left, but we have some special guests, as you can see. Can I say this though before you go? Please. Because I know somebody's watching. Like, I've yeah. been trying to get on the podcast. Yeah. Now, y'all don't let people on the podcast. Yeah, no. Y'all told us y'all don't. Look, mind your business. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mind your business. This mind. is something special CJ doing. Yeah. I don't need 10 people calling me saying, you've been trying to get on, now you yeah. ready to get on. No, 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 no. Mind your business. No, you know what, man? This is special because, um, well, one, you know, I think it hit me even harder now that I turned 40. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what it is about 40, but when you turn 40, health start to become an even bigger priority, right? Soon, Eve, though. Kenny, how are you? I 
I'll be 40 in August. Oh, yeah, you're right. But all, all of you, man, everybody's. But when you hit 40, Carl, know we had this conversation the other day. It's just, you, you, like, things become a little bit more serious. You might wake up in the morning and have a little pain in your neck. You'd be like, oh, that's it. I'm out of here. I'm coming up. <laughs> I'm coming up. Right. So it's just, you know, you, you, you start to, in all seriousness, you start to take your health more serious because you think, like, wow, okay, you know, this is, you know, it's real. Now, I'm not in my 20s. I can't just, you know, get up and bounce around like I used to. Like, I have to be, you know, conscious about it. And my brother Kamari here, man, um, who's a good friend of mine I've known for, you know, some time now introduced me to these gentlemen and just to hear what they were doing in the community for black men, the black community, but black men specifically, um, is something that, you know, I felt like for real, we got to bring it to our platform and let it be known because this is so uh, powerful. And so I don't know, I'll let, I don't know how y'all usually roll and who want to go first and kind of introduce yourself and then we'll just have a conversation around um, the kind of the community, the, the, the you know, what y'all doing, the, the walks, everything. So I don't know, I know we got OG to my right. I don't know if he started off, I don't know, Kenny, you know what I'm saying? Kenny, he's been hard on you today. So yeah, <laughs> he's always hard on me, but, but you know what? It, it's a good thing. It's, it's a good thing to have somebody in your life that's really going to be honest with you uh, and, and tell you the truth, tell you the things you don't want to hear. Right. Uh, and my name is Kenny Hampton. I serve as the president of the African American Male Wellness Agency. And we're uh, the health and wellness arm of the National Center for Urban Solutions, based out of Columbus, Ohio. And we, uh, we unapologetically, uh, holistically support African-American men and their, their families. Mm -hmm. And the number one thing we're trying to do is really uh, close several gaps that exist. So there's a life expectancy gap that exists right now uh, where on average, African-American men are dying at the age of 67. So you talk about us about, about to be 40, you tell me I only got 27 left? Right, right, right. I got a 17-year-old. I'm already past 67. So, <laughs> so that's good. Right. You're going to the curve for it. You're going to the curve for it. Might be at 67.2. So it, it, it's a real thing out here for us to really get out. Because we're dying in the hands of preventable diseases. Mm -hmm. Because we just do not know our numbers. Yeah. And so, you know, why? When you say numbers, I don't think we know what we mean when you say know our numbers. What do you mean by know our numbers? We don't know our blood pressure. We don't know what our BMI is. We don't know cholesterol levels. We don't know our blood, our glucose, none of that stuff. Because mm -hmm. it's something that we have just not prioritized. I'm guilty of, uh, you know, it, because I found out I had elevated blood pressure at one of our wellness events, is what really kind of impacted me to come on board and serve in this capacity and lead in this capacity mm -hmm. because knocking on the door of 40, I'm thinking, like, okay, you're right. These are different now. I'm slowing down. I'm not as agile as I used to be, right? So, you know, white men are dying at 79, um, and that's a 12 year gap. Yeah. So, we're literally standing in that. Gap. In some cities. Mm -hmm. Some cities got in Jackson, Mississippi, it's a 25 year gap. Yeah, sure. In um, Houston, Texas, it's about an uh, uh, 18 year gap. So, it depends yeah. on what, where you are in the country. Mm -hmm. Washington, D.C. has the sickest black men in the country. Mm -hmm. So, we're doing something about it. Yeah. Uh, we are a solutions-based organization. We find out if anything comes across our radar that's impacting the black community, because that's where we're at. We do grassroots outreach. We are door-to-door, mm -hmm. -door, building relationships. That is why we do what we do, because we're trying to say, no, nah, not on our watch. At, at, at least we're going to, 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 to fight and do everything we can in our hands. So, you know, Kamari has been able to come on board and help us expand into uh, Kentucky, and I'll let him share a little bit about you know how he came on board as well. I think you guys know how we get got here. Yeah. I was on this employment project 
And I was trying to figure out, now why does these brothers can't come to work? I had hired 300 brothers. I mean, they all had all kinds of, it was, they was making good money for construction. And so I said, I'm gonna do a research project. I was trying to, I thought, I was trying to figure out whether the brothers was lazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I was like, were they lazy? Are they, are they just don't want to come to work or are they sick? So me and the doctors and the hospital, in order for the brothers to get a paycheck, they had, these are brothers 18 to 30. These brothers had to get a biometric screening every week mm -hmm. to get their paycheck. After 120 days, 90% of these brothers, 18 to 20, had biometric numbers above, biometric, your high blood pressure, cholesterol, um, glucose, um, overweight, all kinds of things. Three of the brothers had to go and get emergency surgery. Mm. And so that, after that, it was like, well, black men are dying. And guess what? The doctor said the black doctor said, and nobody cares. Because mm. you're black men. You're dying of the most five top preventable diseases, diabetes, you're dying of heart, you're dying of uh, prostate cancer, all of that, and you don't have to if you just go to the doctor and, and get your numbers. I'm sorry, Kamara, go ahead. I'm sorry. Kamara tricked you. I thought Kamara was just with the hoop squad, and I find out he's saving the world. I'm like, hold on, Kamara. I thought you were just at Louisville doing your thing. And now I find out that, you know, obviously, uh, you know, being from Detroit, and Kenny, you from Detroit, too. Yeah, the what up, Come on. Yeah, yeah, so we got, yeah, we got, we got family in the building, but. Uh, I said he was biased. That's actually, biased. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it, y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he got a little bit of, now he's willing to hear what y'all got to say. Right. <laughs> um, but I, we met, I think, at a Michigan State Louisville game. Was that? Was Years before we met okay. uh, in Chicago. One that's right, that's right. That was the first time. And then we reconnected that, okay, at uh, Michigan State, Louisville, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think we beat you up. Yeah. Um, I don't remember who won that game, but I think, yeah. I think the Spartans might have got it. Uh, but uh, no, it, it, it's, um, how did you get involved and, you know, what's your role? And well, I'm actually, my role is on the local coordinator in the Louisville market. Mm -hmm. But I've been on King since college, man. We played against each other in high school, and since we, if you went up here by the basketball, he had your order for me. Okay. I put him out here senior year. Huh. CMA. Shout out to Detroit CMA. That was okay. Detroit community. Okay. He was throwing lights on you. He did go in the way, but he did go in the light. So that's what you mean. <laughs> yeah, right. he, he, he didn't know his numbers. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but we reconnected in college, man. And, uh, it's like a brother to me. So okay. I actually went up to Columbus, Ohio to one of the Wells events. Solely just to support him. Okay. I didn't want to go get tested or anything. Mm -hmm. He's like, come on, let's go get tested. I said, no, 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 it, it messed my whole thing up, to be honest with you. Man, I just kept thinking, like, how? I work out, I drink mm -hmm. water, like, I try to eat right, like, mm -hmm. how do I have elevated blood pressure? And uh, so I started making some lifestyle adjustments, man, to be honest with you, mm -hmm. man, from seasoning to uh, different things I was eating. Gotta man. cut out all that lard. <laughs> man, you hear me? Well, like, you know, it's what I'm saying. Well, black, we, we like seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you like. 
like seasoning, but you realize like, oh, okay, that ain't, you know what I'm saying? So we, we kind of just, I know what you mean by that. Yeah, 100%. So this, myself, and we got another good friend, Chief, and we, our group checks started mm -hmm. to change. Mm -hmm. Our conversations like, hey, how you checked your blood pressure today? Yeah. Hey, He's hearing, uh, what's the cherry juice? Cherry juice bring your, 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 your uh, yeah, beet juice your, as well. Your blood pressure down. You know, different things. Okay, yeah, well, put me on now. So we just start right. Yeah. Beet juice. Beet juice. Come on. Or Z vitamins. So we just started doing different vitamins. Different things, different conversations, man. And then, uh, I was, it was so impactful for the walk, man. We're going to definitely invite y'all down for the walk. Yeah, please. Uh, yes. Of course. Uh, please. For in Columbus, walk. man, because, and I brought the walk to Louisville, man, and it was just, it was amazing, man. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, Mr. Gregory, can you give us your backstory before we jump into the walk and all the rest of the work y'all doing? Like, I heard you say you grew up, and it sounds like in a, in a white community. Yeah, I grew up not. in Xenia, Ohio, uh, okay. outside of Central State. That. Okay. Uh, my father was a professor at Central State. Okay. And um, so I learned in the all-white community how to be black. Hmm. Um, came to Ohio State, and I don't really have a backstory. Got in white corporate America, thought I was going to climb the white corporate ladder. Found Jesus, and you know how when you find Jesus, I was, um, I was watching this TV show, and there was these crack cocaine dealers on the corner, and it was a special. And so I prayed, and I said, God, why don't you just use me? And I'll, I want to, I don't, I think the church should be out there on the corner. If the church was on the corner, there wouldn't be a need for crack cocaine dealers. Mm -hmm. And so I prayed, and they came and asked me, they said, we want you to move such and such. I was like, no, I moved all I could move. And I was over a $598 million budget. And um, mm. I quit my job, and I just said, so another buddy of mine, we started this um, um, security investigative firm, and we started doing security in the worst drug-infested communities in the around town, and we started dropping crime. But we didn't drop crime because it was police. We dropped crime because we were organizing the community to take responsibility for their own destination. So I left him. I was like, hey, dude, I think God wants me to do this. Uh, I wasn't really that good of a churchgoer. Um, because I was always raising my hand, going like, and why ain't we doing this in the community? And so I went, just went out in the community, started getting brothers employed, started getting women employed. You know, people kept talking about, well, you can't find people working. I was like, unemployment is 17% in this neighborhood or 20% in this neighborhood. I got people. We started getting the 10 top reasons why a person loses a job. Has nothing to do with skill. It's all soft skill, attitude, communication, how do you talk? So we start bringing brothers together. Like, when you go to work, don't be talking about, I'm a man. Because I, I used to teach brothers, hey, if you got to announce you're a man, you ain't a man. Right. Mm -hmm. um, go to work. Right. Hey, you making, I got a brother making a job, making $32 an hour. The guys called me up and said, Mr. Gregory, um, he's slow. He won't do the job. I called him up. I said, dude, you got a record. He said, Mr. Gregory, they want me to run. I said, look, at $32 an hour, sprint. Right. They want you to get over there. So we started getting thousands of people off of public assistance. Um, we started in a develop. I, I did a project for um, Turner Construction. We recruited 3,000 brothers. Mm. None of these brothers could get a job because they didn't have a high school diploma. So I said, well, why, why, we go, why are these people, how they don't have a, so I didn't know this. I didn't know, I didn't know about crack. I grew up in an area where, you know, People's fathers was doctors and lawyers and all that kind of stuff. So I ain't know nothing about this world existed. And when I got in there, got out here and got in the hood, 
You know, I'm not scared of my people either. I ain't never carried a gun. I didn't talk to brothers and they talk crazy to me. I'll talk crazy back. And they'd be like, dude, who are you talking to? I'm not talking to you. I'm teaching what your daddy should have told you. Um, so that's how I got started. Um, we got charter schools. We have a, a whole tech center where if you come to us now, I, black people, this is another thing is, I just went to the medical people and said, you got 10 social determinants of health. How do you get 10 when you, you should have 11? When you don't have technology in the community, black people can't do telehealth. They can't do um, prescriptions online. They can't do all that. And when you're talking about us doing COVID, we couldn't go to the doctor because you could only go to the doctor to telehealth. So we emphasize um, education, employment, and health, and entrepreneurship. Because, you know, ain't no sense of um, having somebody tell you what to do. If you can't, if you y'all get these little brothers, I say, yeah. look, y'all painting houses? Yeah. Go start you a painting company. Yeah. And then let's help you get a contract mm -hmm. with stuff. So that's my story. My story really is, I'm just doing what I think God wants me. Yeah, no, no, no. Y'all and y'all doing amazing work. That's why I was so touched by what y'all doing. I think, you know, the other thing I had to go do, as I'm thinking through all of the things that you guys are talking about, and he did it too, we had to go do that sleep study. Like, I come from a family where every black man got sleep apnea. You know what I'm saying? And I know that's a big thing where you hear, and, and I, me and E always talk about it, you hear about people just dying in they sleep young and stuff like that. And you're like, man, he probably had that sleep apnea and never got it checked. So I had to go and do that sleep study where they hook you all up. Well, they sent me one to the house and you know, my stuff came back straight. I think your stuff came back straight too. Yeah, but all my stuff though. at 50, it's like, yeah. it, it's straight, but it's like, if you don't do something, yeah, yeah. it ain't gonna be straight. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's a right. crazy reality because I've always, you know, like you said, I, I didn't come from, you know, I don't know if we came from wealth, but we had money. You know, my mom worked for Ford headquarters. My father was a foreman at GM. So it wasn't like the plant. It was like they had the top tier jobs. So we always did the dentist. We always did, you know, you get your physical every year. Plus when you play ball, you know, you get your physical every year. I, I did PAL. So, pal, you got to have your physical. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So, mom was like, you ain't going to get the ghetto route because you nah. can get the ghetto route oh, yeah. and not have to really do it. You know, my mom was like, you're going to actually go do your physical. Mm -hmm. But when I hit 50, I'm 52 now. When I hit 50, I started noticing that my numbers weren't like, you know, 120 over 88. Like, those are like the five. Like, you right there. It's like elevated. It's like 90. 92, 90, you know what I'm saying? I, I took it to a whole new level. I got the machine where when I do mine, it goes straight to the physician. So I, oh, so nice. I can't play. That's the highest level of accountability. Like yeah. they know when it, when I take it and they might, you know, they called me last week. was like, e, it's a little elevated. What's up? I'm like, man, my bad. I'm in New Orleans. You know what I'm saying? That's I'm it, in New man. Orleans. I'm just being real. Oh, yeah, I was sure. in New Orleans. I could that see after, bruh, Shut you could see the, I'm saying, <laughs> bruh, right, bruh. And, I, and I'm like, yo, I gotta do a whole medical thing here. Yeah. It, there, there is no, and you talk, man, it's, I mean, you hit it right on. I didn't realize in New Orleans, there is no Ford, there is no Chrysler, there is no GM. So the only thing they have is food. So the only way you can get a job really is the restaurant business. Everything is the restaurant business. And if you've been in New Orleans, when you don't make good money, what do you do? You eat comfort food. And what's comfort food? High in salt and high in all kinds, you eating whatever's in the, you know what I'm saying? You eating whatever's in there yeah. and you're eating it regularly. It's one thing 
You know, I ain't gonna lie. Now, I never ate chitlins, you know, but my people used to do it, but it was like on a holiday or something. They weren't eating it every day. No. I'm looking at the stuff they're eating in New Orleans. I'm like, oh, they're eating this every day. Mm -hmm. Like, you're eating this type of food with this type of seasoning every single day. So I saw my blood pressure elevate from the, you know, yeah, it's probably the best food in the country, but it also comes with consequences, mm -hmm. you know. But to a point that was made earlier, I know what I'm going to take away from this, you know, is, yo, why is the church not doing, why are we not doing this? And I think as a people, we've gotten so emotional that we're not systematic anymore. I was just at a church event, was wondering like, why I feel this way? It about 4,000 people in the building, and they was, you know, dun, 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 dancing, and, and I wasn't feeling it. And I was like, yo, E, why, you got a problem with the black church? And I was like, no, but I have a problem with y'all playing this music and getting hype, but you're not gonna do nothing when you get out of here. Like, we're spending so much time being emotional that we're not being scientific. We're not being systematic. And to your point, you could be emotional and still die because you don't know that your blood... Matter of fact, you probably need to sit down. You ain't here dancing. You probably need to sit down somewhere because your blood pressure really get elevated yeah. with you doing all that dancing. You know, but again, as I'm listening to you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm really listening to, like, why are we so emotional as a people and we're not doing what our counterparts are doing, which is way more scientific like numbers data so yeah no this is um this is good see thank you so much for yeah, no. having the presence so, of mine yeah real quick man so so talk to us now about i mean you guys kind of explained it a little bit but go tell them what I, this is the part that i couldn't believe how y'all was just really pulling up in cities and and doing all hey, of this work D. so it makes yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah talk D. to us man like how do, how, do, how do i know you guys are headed to philly i know you got a houston you got you know all this stuff you mentioned the walk in Louisville. Like, uh, what, what does this look like? Like, how does the system work? Well, we never go into any city in this country um, and just say, hey, we're going to have a walk here. The walks have expanded into uh, other cities across the country from Columbus because someone like Kamari has identified there's a need back in my city for this. No one's doing anything to address the issues of black men. You have sister struts, you have breast cancer awareness events for the black woman in other cities, right? But you do not come across things that are specifically targeted to intentionally save black men's lives. And so we were able to, uh, Kamari alluded to it earlier, our, our friend chief out in uh, uh, Memphis, he's from Detroit, right? He came to the, to the walk as well in Columbus and was like, oh, Memphis needs this. So now Penny Hardaway is like, hey, what do y'all need from me? How can I help you guys? So he has served as our honorary chair in that market. Uh, and that's how we've been able to go to different markets because people have said, nah, our city needs this. DC needs this. Charlotte needs this. Chicago. These are places where someone raised their hand and said, if, it, if it's going to happen, I want to be the one that bring it to, to my market. Mm -hmm. And so we're able to uh, support those individuals uh, with helping them from Columbus, they, they go back, they let the community know, this is coming and I need your help. Mm -hmm. So Kamari has a strong uh, group of folks, organizations, community partners that has wrapped their arms around his efforts, healthcare system, managed care systems that are saying, you know what? We want to do this kind of work. We just don't have a vehicle yeah, yeah. to drive us to that community. So the African-American Male Wellness 5K Walk and Run in our agency, we literally are standing in the gap in between all this conversation about what, equity and, 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 and diversity, 
but now you're able to work with us. Let me say this though, right quick. Go ahead. It's not a. It, it really isn't the 5K walk was just the carrot. As a matter of fact, when we start, first started, I was, we walked five miles because I didn't even know there was a difference. And so <laughs> I just called the brothers up. I called the captains up and said, "Hey, look, we're gonna walk." And the alpha said, "They're gonna bring a hundred brothers." And Called the cues up and said, "Hey, the Alphas and the Kappas can bring right. 200 brothers." And so right. they everybody showed up. I called the Baptists. I said, "Yeah, hey, the Apostolics is coming. Y'all better get out here." And we walked five miles. And it was about a year later. Brother said, "You got to do this again." I was like, "Nah, I ain't doing this no more." They was like, "No, you got to do this again." Then somebody came and said, "John, you might want to do a 5K." I was like, "What's the difference?" They yeah. said, uh, "About two miles." Yeah. So in New Orleans, uh, like Kenny said, we don't go anywhere. Unless a black man says he wants to bring this to his city. We don't, this is not something that black women head up. This is something, now we have a committee, and the committees are made up of black women because we need women. And, but we have committees made up of the community. So we have community organizations. We have, every committee has probably 20, 30 different organizations on there. Wow. And those organizations then become the organizations that come together for the purpose of organizing the event. We do the 5K because we know what black men, you know, they, they like to be athletic. So brothers come, Kenny calls it, the funnest day you'll have a doctor's point. But when you get to the walk, there's a whole screening area where you can go to. And we have black physicians across this country that have come together um, at the walk. So after you get your blood test, then you go see a physician. The physician sits and talks to you about all the stuff that was on your test. After that, then, if you need health insurance, if you need a doctor's office, we have somebody there to refer you out of that information. But we, data, now we have some data that we can present. What we know is that black men die of things that are preventable. We just did a research project with the Ohio State University, Dr. Joseph, where we took black men 26 weeks, put them in groups of 10, 15, and called them like, man, I, we did like Survivor, and made a competition. The brothers, after 26 weeks, lost over 500 pounds, and their blood pressure, everything, um, was lower because we don't participate in a research project. We're doing now a project called with the Continuous Glucose Monitor, where we're going in the hood, educating black people. You don't have to stick your finger. You can put this thing on your arm. It will give you your numbers all the time. Black people didn't know that. So we're working in partnership with uh, Abbott Labs and ADA that says, hey, you want to be in the black, you want to be in the community, you want to do equity? This is what equity looks like. Let us go in the community. So we are in, in, in communities, we're going, like we're going to Philly, because the pastor there came and said, I got to take this to my community. So we only go to communities where we're invited. But when we get there, we set up a system so that people can get organized, get well, and then, you know, black people are competitive. So, you know, we're doing a walk in Houston, Texas, April 15th. Um, and, you know, they've, they've said to me, the mayor's the honorary chair, uh, they said, we're going to have, he said, I'm going to see when I get to um, Houston, but Houston does it better. But it is something organized by black people. And everybody understands, we unapologetically talk about black men. I love it. What, um, let me ask you this. So I, I want to make sure I understand the logistics. You can pull up, get your blood work done and the results right away? Yes. Yes. So we provide you with biometrics. Every walk will have biometrics. And to be clear, we don't have a walk if we do not have a screening pavilion. This is not an opportunity to just come and gather and have a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There has and, to be action. And, and, and I like kick that. It. No. Yeah, I like that. There has to be 
a screening pavilion present because we want men to find out what's going on in their bodies that day. Mm -hmm. And then we're able so to- So how long does it, between the blood tests and the results, I mean, that, I'm just, right there. I, I'm just really trying to figure out why, why my doctor's office got to wait and I got to sit in suspense <laughs> for three days. You know what I'm saying? Cool they like, look, don't worry, we'll call you if something's wrong or whatever. Nah. And you like, you sit there for three, four days, like, all right, man, when is it coming? Because you, you know talked about saying? what industries are making money, that are growing, health industries. It's money. Mm. You send those results to a lab. You get your finger checked right there. We can take your A1C3 and your glucose right there. Yep. Yeah. We can tell you, you can get your blood pressure done right there. We can tell you what the results is. You get, in some cities, they do EKGs yeah. right there. Wow. In every city we go to, somebody's had to go from the walk to the emergency room. Yep. So you can get every result right. I remember we have physicians right there talking to mm -hmm. you. Um, if you breathe in crazy, or if they take your, um, we had one guy come, he had, um, his heartbeat was fast. They was like, call the ambulance. He's gonna have a heart attack. Um, one of our newscasters was walking in the walk. Um, he found out that his heart, on, on the path of walking, he had a heart attack. So you can get the numbers, results right there. Um, the tests, we, do H, we always do HIV tests right there. Mm -hmm. We've had, in every city, some African-American has tested positive for HIV, which is really kind of sad because people right. just show up for, come to walk, not to find out that they have HIV. But HIV is one of the number one killers of, of the African-American community. We need to know. And, and we don't right. know that. We don't right. know these numbers and this information. So yeah, you get your results there. So CJ, the real truth, if you'd have told us we had a big, nice search like this, um, we'd have bought a nurse and she'd have took your blood pressure this morning and, and, and let you know what your numbers were. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I believe in it. I got a blood pressure machine at home. So I told you, we over 40 now, we're not playing with it. Yeah, you can. Um, I, I guess, what has your research shown you about the fear like, why, why do we fear? It's like you said, you, he just was like, bro, you had a health screen just real quick. You already got it. Right. Whatever it's going to show, you got, it's in there. Yeah, you right? got the, whatever your numbers yeah. are, they your numbers. No. You know what I'm saying? And I guess, because you, when you think about and, it. And it's, we need to tell people, you just said, Mr. Gregory, I heard you a bunch of times, these are preventable. Yeah, they're preventable. They're preventable. Yeah. yeah. So if you know you could do something yeah. about it, you don't want to do Yeah, I just want to know why, though, because like I said, I be tripping when I'm like, oh, Bill Russell scored more, but they ain't put his numbers up. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I just be thinking like, yo, they was in an era where they didn't, they weren't putting the stats up. Mm -hmm. So you saying Steph better, I don't know who better. You, they got the stats. So mm -hmm. in basketball and football, we honor the stats. Mm -hmm. We want to see the stats. We spend more time probably, if you in the, if you playing on the college level, high school, probably college pros for sure, y'all probably spending more time on the stats than you spend on anything else. You're only playing the game for so many minutes. Mm -hmm. you you looking at numbers all day, every day. Why is it that sports and entertainment, we got the numbers out, but when it comes to our own health, why are we scared to look at the numbers in real life, but in sports and entertainment, we looking at the numbers all day? What's, what's, why, why do y'all think that? What, what's, what's research showing? Because um, we don't trust. Uh, we don't trust the medical system. You know, we have been told, it's like this, um, the Tuskegee Institute right. study. We, we were told that they were given syphilis. And so we've been running off of that story. They weren't given syphilis, they just weren't treating them for syphilis. And so we have this total mistrust of the medical system. All the research when we talk to brothers and have focus groups and what have you, we don't trust them. We don't believe them because we just think that um, that information is not correct. 
And so that's why we got people like us out there telling us that, hey, this information is correct and you need to have this information. The other thing is I think that we got to be honest and truthful too is that it ain't a value system in our community. Health is not something that we talk about. We talk about sports. We talk about music. We talk about um, entertainment, food. Yeah, We're in New Orleans. Um, you're right. We are having a walk in New Orleans. I don't even know how you can go to New Orleans and be healthy. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, every time I go, I mean, I, this, I ate food I never ate before. So, but it's not a conversation in our community about a value system of you got to get healthy. And what does get healthy mean? And these numbers are important because we don't connect to them because the other piece is, is that we don't see life as being long-term. Uh, because unless you're motivating us, we don't get motivated until we hear you. And then all of a sudden we want to live and then we go to the church and shout all over the place. But then the, the pastors don't come back and say, hey, you know what? Let's make sure there's a, a what's that um, a machine called, um, Kenny? The one you put around your ankle? The PAD, so the Empower Mobile. Power, so there's a yeah. PAD machine. You know what I was thinking about when he said put it around your ankle. With this machine, we didn't even know this. When they take your blood pressure in your arm, you should get your blood pressure taken in your leg. Mm, right. And if there's a difference between the two, then you need to go get it checked out. Yeah. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. Did your doctor ever tell you she that? She never told me that. We have the most amputations in America, black folks. And they would be less amputated if they had this test. We don't have this test. And so the education of what we should be doing in our community, we don't get. Because nobody's out there telling us in our language. And so, like, you know, we work with black doctors. We have four published medical articles in the medical journals. And when the doctors and I, we were writing the articles, I was like, well, who are you writing this for? Because don't nobody, I, I, ain't, I don't even understand it, and I think I'm halfway intelligent. We don't have the information in our community the way that our churches should be making us a priority. No about. question. What That's about, what about, yeah. what about access you to health care? Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. We're going to move it again. Man, Mr. Well, he was just saying it's on his sweater is not good. Oh, okay. He's going to get his voice better on. Yeah. yeah look. Right, right. Um, now we got to remember the disability people now. Yeah, nah. Oh, the, oh, my bad. He just wanted, because he moves this way and he goes this yeah. way when he talks. He's born blind, Mr. Gregory? Sir? He's born blind? I was not born blind. I went blind about six years ago. Oh, you did? Okay. Um, I was um, having a good life. Mm -hmm. uh, I went to New Orleans. I was, had, just had a walk. And I was like, um, something's wrong with my eye. And I went home, woke up in the morning, told my wife, I was like, uh, I think I need to go to the eye doctor. I don't think I can see. And um, I was blind. Went to the doctor, doctor was like, I went to every specialist you could find. And the doctor did this, he said, Mr. Gregory, you know those incidents that happen in the universe and you can't understand how that happened? Mm -hmm. He says, you going blind, I can't explain. Um, so I just figured, hey, the creator obviously wanted to throw one more at me. You know, saints becoming like, if you quit and sinning, you probably wouldn't go blind. And I went to God and said, like, if my sins is bad as theirs, you need to go make somebody <laughs> they else been blind. blind. <laughs> oh, they should have so been blind. <laughs> so I just learned, I just, I, I went blind yeah. six years ago. Yeah. Um, but 
I went blind. I went to the doctor. I went. I, had a, I went, also had thyroid cancer. Um, I went blind. I never missed a day of work. Never stopped going. Never did anything. Get up every day. Go to work. Lead a staff. Um, I work for Kitty now. Um, since he's the president of the agency. Oh, yeah. I already know about um, CJ, I work for CJ. I know all about it. <laughs> so, yeah, I know yeah, all about so, it. Nah, but I have to learn life all over again. <laughs> yeah. But the thing that I learned, and I think this is the reason why when I heard you and um, Brother um, E.T. talk, um, I, don't, I can't see stuff physically, but I can feel it spiritually. And now, I, and when I heard you all on your phenomenal story about how you worked and you humbled yourself and you let ego go and you did all that. That's the stuff that we need to have in our community so that we can hear each other and we can be about each other. When I heard that, I was like, God, that, that's the voice. We need to take, these brothers need to go tell brothers, hey, go get healthy, mm -hmm. go get employment, go get yeah. some education. You ain't even, right now, you don't even have to get a college degree. All you need to do is get technology certified. You can make six, I've got a young brother who was selling drugs he called me up, his mom called me up the other day. She said, Mr. Gregory, my son makes $61 an hour mm. on Saturday and Sunday doing this job that he took training for four weeks. Mm. And we don't even know that. You know what I'm saying? That's the type so of stuff man. we don't... Yeah, and, and yeah, those are the type of jobs. Um, no, well, no, I want to say this though, see, because I think this is important and when we talk about health, just because they're here, mm -hmm. we're able to go a little bit deeper. See, y'all bless me. Normally, see, it give me about 15, 20 minutes of jokes. Well, Mr. Gregory here, he, <laughs> yeah, no, no, he no. don't feel he's not right joking. You know what I'm saying? You get two statesmen. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? You can offset <laughs> some of the joking. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. so I want to take advantage of this opportunity. You know, but that's also a sickness, like ego. Yeah, I was going to go there too. I'm glad yeah. you. I'm no, glad no, go there, Ken. You, yeah, I, I got next show. I can. Nah, <laughs> because we, yeah, we you, you, you actually, uh, you touched on that recently in some of a couple of your podcasts and your messages, where you're talking about uh, number one, will. You know, and then number two, you know, that's a that's a darkness that that men don't want to deal with, and we don't want to humble ourselves. You know, men lie, women lie, the numbers don't. Mm -hmm. And you talk about those stats. Well, there's, there's some stats that we're going to learn about that we just do not have the maturity level or the humility to understand. This is my truth. This is where I'm at. You know, I'm thinking former athlete. I I, I work out. I, I drink water. No way I got elevated blood pressure. Do it again. Mm -hmm. They did it again. Nah, you, <laughs> these numbers are off the chain. Like, if you wasn't in the capacity that you in, we would probably sit you down the rest of the day. So we kind of just said, all right, let me go ahead and keep an but eye on it. But my blood pressure go up at the doctor's office. I don't know what it I is. I got the same type of luck. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, because I be at the crib. I be like, okay, I'm straight. I go to the doctor. They be like, you feeling all right? I be like, I don't know, Emma. Yeah. Well, that's why I got the machine. Yeah. So I can do it at home and my physician can get the numbers in, you know, real time. Because when you go in. Yeah, when I went in, I had that too. Like he said, you I just You go in, you be I feeling be fine, but you just yeah. like, But man. I think you could say something about ego, because the other thing that we do now is everywhere we establish a walk, we do something called Real Men, Real Talk. We do a mental health um, conversations. And so we're bringing black men together to talk about mental health. And ego is something that really jacks our mental health up. Because we, the honest and truthful, and I tell brothers this all the time, most black men have been raised by single moms and their emotional development has been very feminine. Mm. And when you think in terms of how we respond to stuff and what we do, it has a very feminine context to it. 
And so then we throw our ego, like we have taught in our community, here's what a man does. A man don't admit this. A man ain't this. A man ain't. We, so we ain't even gonna admit that we need help because it ain't a man. That ain't what we've been taught in our community. Hey, I'm struggling with this. Or I, like you hear a pain, like you said, you turn 40, wait till you get 60 and you get out the bed, you'd be like, I thought um, something ain't right here. You're gonna be like, oh, I can't admit that because you have been taught to be strong, to be, to be, to be a healthy person. That's what makes, and then the other thing is, most of our, our self-esteem is about what's below our belt. And we think in terms of we can conquer this, this, the, the, the feminine uh, base and we got it going on, we a man, that what makes us a man. Our ego tells us something yeah. different than what our reality is. And, that's, and, and I, I was talking to my son who's 27, and I told my son, I said, son, you gotta understand what stress is. Stress is, un, it's an unreal thing that's happening in your head. Like when you stress, it means you're not in alignment with something that's real. You're making up something and, you've, and, and, and it's killing you. Cause he said to me the other day, I th thought it was, you know, whatever. He was just like, man, dad, I'm alone. I said, you're not alone. You six, you six, three, six, four, you handsome young man. You could be with any female you want to be with. There's a, females out here looking for men. No, you're not alone. You have standards, and your standards make you wait. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're struggling with. You're struggling because you know who your mama is. You know what a woman is. You know your father. Mm -hmm. You know what a man is. Yep. And so you are struggling because a part of you is saying, don't wait, because you don't. it's not good for man to be alone. But a part of you is saying, you need to wait because you need to make sure you get in a healthy relationship. Yeah. So I was like, let's just be real. That's where the stress is coming from. Yeah. You're not being real with yourself. You're telling yourself that you are, you're not. And that's the struggle, because you could just go pick anybody. But you've been raised in a certain way, so you know what right is. So I tell everybody, a, a lot of stress is you lying to yourself about whatever's going on. You're not being truthful. But when you can have real, honest conversations and get everything in alignment, again, blood pressure is out of alignment. That's what it's telling you. It's telling you that something that you put in your body is not in alignment with what your body needs, and that's why these numbers are off. So it's no game. It's you drinking something that's got red dye in it or orange dye in it. Like, it's a lie. I'm, I'm eating Cheeto Puffs. Like, that's a lie. <laughs> yeah. that, like, Cheeto Puffs is a lie. It's not food. And my body wants food. So my body is telling me, bro, you eating something that's not real. Now, it might taste good, and it might feel good, but it's not real food. And we crave for real food. And I just know, you know, like, you know, in the book, me and CJ, well, not CJ, I talk about, um, you know, having to go to CJ because I have trust issues in terms of the business part of it. But I'm not stressed. I'm not about to have no heart attack. Why? Because I'm about to physically go to him and tell him. Like, I didn't talk to my wife about it. I didn't call my mama and tell my mama about it. I didn't call Jamal and tell Jamal about it. I didn't tell Josh. I went to CJ and was like, look, bro, I'm gonna just be real with you. I'm not even saying this is you. I'm saying because my mother lied to me who about my father is. I'm telling you because I didn't know my biological father, I feel some type of way. Stress is holding that. Mm -hmm. that stress is not telling him what I feel. Stress is being around him and acting like I don't feel like that. Mm -hmm. That's what stress is. Not saying something to him and holding it for a year, holding it for two years, holding it for three years. And, and, and what we don't realize is that not being, letting my ego 
something has happened in my body and my body is holding that lie inside of it and it's affecting me. But when I say it, and then see, and I sit yeah, down you, and you talk. Know, yeah, you know, and what's so crazy, E, and Mr. Gregory, I feel everything y'all saying about the ego, but the ego for the black man, for real, has become a defense mechanism. Like, bro, we so, like, like, like people look at us in a certain way. We all feel it, right? We've all felt it. You walk in somewhere, you know, you, 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 you got to be, con you always conscious of the fact that you black. You know what I'm saying? Just, just regardless. You go in the elevator, a couple white people in there, you the big black dude, you're conscious that you're black all the time. And so I think it starts to become a self-fulfilling prophecy where you like, oh, okay, if, if I'm seen as kind of this, like, not bad dude, but just kind of like, you know, the black, like, athletic, you know, like, like, funny, or we joke each other, or it's, oh, like, to admit that you don't feel right is to kind of take down maybe the one thing that people well, look at you like earlier. you should no, have. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right, so I'm saying, now you looking like, okay, if I, if I say I ain't a hundred, now it's like, okay, now you you a black male, you already got all of these things against you, and now you not really sweet. Like, what makes us sweet in our community? Like I said, being an athlete, being funny, being able to joke, being quick on your feet, being, you know, having that, you know, machismo about you, you know what I'm saying? It's like, if I admit that that's not there, it's like, what do I have? You know what I'm saying? So how do we get black men to realize, like, yo, it's okay to be vulnerable? Let me tell you something, I was talking to my dad, me and my dad was driving back from Grand Rapids yesterday, I promise you. He told me a story about something. My dad's 67, 66, something like that. He told me a story about something that happened when he was my son's age. And I was like, Dad, what? And he was like, yeah, this happened to me. Like, and I was sitting there like, yo. He was like, yeah. I said, you never even told me that. You got to think, I've been with my dad for 40 years now. I've never heard that story. I'm like, brother, you know what kind of trauma that is? Somebody drag you out of bunk bed and throw you on the floor. You nine years old, you ain't do nothing? Like. What kind of trauma does that have? But what it, my dad, he just woke up the next day, you go to school, you just keep doing what you do, you go, get out of you know, high school, you go to work, and you provide for your family. At no point do you address or deal with that. Like, yeah, when do I, you go deal with I'm that? What I'm saying, that's what I love about what they're doing, is like, because you get in the numbers, and then you do something about the numbers. Yeah. And so what was so dope about us is that when I talked to you, we were able to get a solution from talking. You know, and so my thing is this. I don't care about, you know, bravado. I don't care nothing about none of that stuff. If you're doing something just because it's cultural, but it's not working, you got to stop doing it. Mm -hmm. it. It is what it is. Like, this is what we're talking about. If you are eating certain, like, if you're working out, you're drinking water, and you still got high blood pressure, okay, something else got to stop. Do you think we do you think we value life as much as other people? Well, you just said we Because there's some, bro, I mean, yeah, I'm not trying to be funny. Some, bros, you could look at your body and tell, like, you know, I don't need to do <laughs> Carl, I don't need to do no diagnostic. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can, again, now don't get me wrong, y'all in good health, right? You say you got high blood. I'm saying, some bros, we could look at you, bro, you 350 pounds. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm doing a diagnostic right here. Something's out of alignment, but we still eat like that. So is knowing enough, even if you got your numbers, is knowing enough. But you know, the thing is, is that um, information is power. We don't know that brothers 18 to 24 have black men have the highest suicide rate. Mm. We didn't know, they just found this out, they didn't realize that brothers 40 and over has the highest overdose of opiate rates, black men. Because the other piece is that mental health piece. That's why we do, after we do your biometrics, now we bring you to a mental health piece where you can sit and talk and understand this, that you got the stress. That stress is why it's causing you have elevated blood pressure because you don't have a job or you're married 
or you're trying to be a father, you're trying to do all that. And so that's why our mental health piece, Real Men, Real Talk, is another piece that we bring to the community because we bring brothers together, we close the door and we go, like, all right, let's talk. Let's keep this so real. And we have brothers, we have a brother, what you just said, a brother at our last session in Houston said, his dad used to beat him unmercifully. He said what he found out, he beated his kids like his dad beat him. He said, and it dawned on him one day, why am I beating my kid like this? It was that mental health piece that he had to get to say, you know what, I don't have to do what was done to me. But we accept in our community what has been done to us because nobody, no, no ET out there telling us, you ain't, you ain't got it when you get on the elevator, you ain't got to feel no different. I can feel just as good. I, I've never felt any less than any person I've ever been. Matter of fact, when I'm in a room, when I come to a room, I've been taught, you talk as good as him. Yeah, yeah. So for, for, yeah, for the record, mine ain't never been less than either. Mine is, I'm conscious of the fact that you conscious of the fact that I'm no, black. And I, had to and I don't care. Right. Yeah, but I'm letting I you know. Yeah. I, know you yeah. I know you feel some kind yeah, of... Yeah, but I'm saying, saying, we got to so. teach our people. And I'm going to tell you this. When you say, and this is what, this is what having Malcolm and Garvey and Martin, this is what was so important about them, is that they, it was hope. Like, they always showed us that this is your current situation is not going to be your situation for the rest of your life. Like, we're going to get free, mm -hmm. right? You didn't know you was in a situation. You feel me? Mm -hmm. They letting you know. So yeah. I feel like when you go that dude that's 350 and he on whatever, it's like we have to start letting our community know, yo, it's better. And there's hope. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you, when we, had our, when we had that conversation, the thing that came out of that conversation for me as a person who did not trust and again, like I told you, it ain't got nothing to do with you. Like, this ain't personal to you when your mama lie to you right, about right, who right. your father is. Right. Everybody a liar. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, your mom is your highest. So if you don't trust your mom, I ain't got to do a king. I ain't mad at King. I'm just not about to trust King no more. I trust my own mom. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? But what you said to me, when we talk about you get it, you got a physician there, whatever, the reason why it was so important is to have that conversation because you created this context of your E we actually can win together. Mm -hmm. Like, you was like, yo, E, let's just be honest. You're going to kill it by yourself. Make no mistake about it. You're going to kill it. But if all of us stay together, what we're going to be able to accomplish is going to be crazy. Mm -hmm. So I actually left with a solution. Mm -hmm. I didn't leave with us right, just right, talking. Right. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't in the room to be talking. Yeah. I'm a grown man. I got a wife and kids. All I'm worried about is Jalen and Jada and, and Didi. I'm not tripping on whatever you say. You have to say something to me that's going to make me believe that the thing that's most important right, to right, me, right. It, it, that we're going to be okay. Yep. And so you said, yo, we're actually going to be able to do much better. And then not only that, E, if something ever happens to you, now you got people who will be looking after your family when you're gone. Mm -hmm. So now I've got a solution, beet juice. Cherry yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 right. juice. Mm -hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm saying you gave me an actual solution when we talk. So I never have to go away. Now, will I go away and that sickness try to re... Because once you get your blood pressure lowered, it don't stay lowered just because right, right. whatever you did that day, you have to keep doing whatever you did to do it. So for me, every time that trust wants to elevate, that mistrust wants to elevate, then all I got to do is sit there and say, E, bro, what are you doing? Like, go get your beet juice. C just told you we're going to be able to do more together we're going to be able to whatever. And then more importantly, when we walked away and you said, hey, E, 
I ain't tripping. I know what you've been through with your parent, like your mom. I get it. I know it wasn't personal. But I just want you to know, let's look at the numbers. Mm -hmm. I've never put you in a situation where, now I'm not going to tell you it hurt, but I'm going to tell you like, yo, bro, I ain't never. So moving forward, I got what you own because of your past. But moving forward, bro, I ain't never. So don't treat me like I've, and then I walk away with those numbers going, you know what? You're absolutely right. You have it. So as I move forward, but, but you don't even know the blood pressure went down. Yeah. There's some stuff internally mm-hmm. that was fixed because you can't be stressed and be blessed. Mm. And not at the exact same time. You, you can't do two things at once. You either stressed or you blessed. Mm-hmm. And I walked away that day knowing in this area, you never have to be stressed again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's some things that happened to me last year from a responsibility standpoint that when I made those adjustments and I started doing my blood, my blood pressure was down. So some of my stuff wasn't even diet. It was, you're taking on more responsibility than what you should, and God is the daddy of all. You're not everybody's daddy. You know what I'm saying? God is their father, Mm -hmm. and God's going to take him. But I watched my blood pressure and just a lot of other things that my wife was like, yo, you a little bit more? And it's like, yeah, I didn't realize, but that was making me react this way at the crib. So that's a whole nother you know, we got another podcast we can talk about, about all the responsibilities and balancing those out so that, so that you're not doing this good, but this good is killing you. Like, you, you're trying to be a father, you're trying to be a whatever, you're trying to be a whatever, you're trying to be whatever. And even as a pastor, there, there are people that I just have to let know, like, yo, you're going to need, you're gonna need a God. <laughs> I can't be that to you. Yeah. Like, that's not my responsibility. I preach. I don't do all that other stuff. My uh, sister called yesterday and was like, Man, so-and-so, I ain't gonna say the name because, you know, some people get pissed on the podcast. Let me just say, my sister said, so-and-so need a counselor. I said, I'm not a counselor, I'm a pastor. Hmm. I preach. I'm not a licensed therapist. I don't do that. I, no, I don't care how much you pay me. I cannot do that. That's not my role. I give you a message, you take that message and do whatever you got to do with it. But, man, this is just phenomenal. I thank you, C, because health, mental, mm-hmm. emotional, physical, all of that. And we need, to, we need to live as long as God wants us to live. Can I ask a question, though? Because yeah. um, you and CJ's relationship is kind of like Jonathan and David's. Uh, in the Bible, I don't know if you've ever studied it, but David... He has a time or two. <laughs> he has a time. I, if I study a I've heard seat, which one you asking about? <laughs> Bro, you laughing a little too hard, dog. But, like, which one you want to know if they know? You know, Jonathan was older than, uh, older than David, yeah. um, so they had a good bond there. CJ, I mean, I mean, I'm so impressed with your humbleness and your ability to um, to serve um, ET. Yeah, he's the best. Tell bro. me what. Tell me what motivated you to do he's that. He's the best. Like I, I mean this with all my heart. Like my like, he is. Let me tell you something. Well, let me and ask you this. How'd you want... set your ego aside? Yeah, yeah. So, so here's the thing, bro. It's hard to have an ego, and Carl right here. He he he's nodding his head in agreement. When you meet, like I tell people all the time. I, I grew. I didn't grow up wanting to be no two man. I met somebody greater. I never in my life wanted to be Scottie Pippen. I wanted to be Jordan too. But when you meet somebody that is that far ahead of you, I think you have no choice but to put your ego aside. When I watch this man get up at three o'clock in the morning and walk and talk with God for hours, like, and not you know, you got nothing against these pastors on Instagram who doing the TikTok dances and all the crazy stuff. He gets hey. specific here. No, no, no. Yeah. Hey. He said nothing against him, but no, he's talking. No, I promise you. Hey, nothing against him. <laughs> nothing against him. He getting the numbers. Like two Again, three. And, and, and maybe they getting up at 3 o'clock, too. <laughs> right, right. But I'm saying, I, like, this ain't nothing I heard. 
Carl, I'll tell you, we've been in hotel rooms. I've literally, we've been in Australia, doggone it. I'm talking about dead knocked out, three o'clock in the morning. Boom, you hear the door close. He out of there. He walking and talking and praying, keeping us covered, praying for me, praying for my family, praying for my wife, praying for my kids, really living the life, dog. When I tell you millions of dollars and ain't never felt the need to switch up on nobody, like you walk into a pizza joint, you walk anywhere, like I watch the anointing. So I'm not no fool, bro. Like, I see that this man, I'm telling you, he's the greatest, to me, he's the greatest human walking the face of the earth. And I don't say that to put no pressure on him. I don't say that to, you know, embarrass him or anything like that. But I mean, he literally lives by every single thing he says. And I, I promise you, when I met him and I figured out what he was about, I gave y'all the example of the brother who broke down in Harlem. I, man, Carla, tell you, I have a million examples of that. I watched how he walked. We went out to Crenshaw, California. Everybody was like, don't wear blue, don't wear red. Da, 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 da. He got on blue, red, and everything else, and the blue hat on was like, they said, look. We had no money. And, to and, and listen, it was gangbangers who looked at him. This is before ET the Hip Hop Preacher, before the fame, before Instagram, Facebook, none of that. They would look at him, and I can't explain it. Like, the reverence that they would have for him. It, just, it was just different, bro. Like, I would go and be like, Man, these dudes looking at E when he walk into the prison system. Not just now when people know who he is. We walk into the prison back in the day. You got stone cold murderers in there for life, bros breaking down after he talked for 20 minutes. And I'm like, okay, so when I when I thought about where, where I'm gonna go, like where, where I'm gonna go, I would rather support this because I'm really about what I said I was about. And then let me, I, I'll shut up, but I'll answer this. I grew up with the greatest father in the world. And so I understood how to follow my dad's lead. And so I never had a problem with somebody telling me what to do or me seeing somebody as over me or me seeing an authority figure. I grew up with a very healthy authority figure. Mm -hmm. If I was, if I did good, me and my dad went for ice cream. If I did bad, he whooped my butt. Mm -hmm. And he, but both times he told me he loved me. Mm -hmm. I'm the, I said, say this, it's funny. My dad used to whoop us, I promise you, because he didn't, he had issues with how he was raised. We would get up in the room, he would say, you, you gonna get a whooping. Do you understand why you getting a whooping? You'll be like, yeah, what did you do wrong? You explain to him what you did wrong. My dad would always wait 30 minutes before he came up and whoop you. He was like, I'm never going to whoop you angry. I'm going to calm down first. And I'm going to come up there and I'm going to get you. But I'm getting you because this is the principle and the standard that we live by. And he would do it and be like, all right, now what you want for dinner? So I grew up with a healthy relationship <laughs> with authority. I'm I did because that's what my kids used to say. I used to whip him and go, y'all want to go to the mall? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so what, so to, to E's point, when we would get into it back in the day, it was like, like, just a difference of opinion, whatever, I, we would go toe-to-toe, -to -toe and then I'd be like, yo, let's go grab something to eat. He's like, I don't want to talk to you for six weeks. You know? <laughs> but, but again, so when you ask me about the humility of, of, of being able to follow E, E's 12, 13 years older than me, and so I looked at him as a, not, not a he's not old enough to be a father figure in that sense, but a, a big brother who had the game figured out and had stuff figured out, but I think it, it was the perfect storm of, one, him being older. Two, the, obviously the man, the guy he is. And then three, me always coming up with a father or an authority figure who, you know, was able to, you know, give me guidance and stuff. So I never had a problem just continuing in, in that light. Although I knew God had made me strong enough to be quote unquote a one. Like, you know what I'm saying? People will follow me. And so I look and people be like, oh, you ET two man. I'm like, yeah, but if I'm the two to the number one in the world, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, that, it's only one other spot to go. Did you hear that, Kenny? Uh, yeah, I heard all yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs>
I ain't number one. Yeah. But guess what? I ain't far behind. That's right. Yeah. So you can't be too yeah. far yeah. getting me out. Yeah. I don't mind following his lead. Yeah. yeah. So it's no. amazing to hear that how your story yeah. is literally aligning with y'all story to yeah. ours. Yeah. Because I told him no. Uh, three times mm -hmm. to come on board and to lead this organization. Um, you know, being a former athlete, being an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. all of that, being an author, being a motivational speaker, listening to you all day, every day, uh, to a point where I felt like, nah, I got this, let me do this by myself. Again, ego, because entrepreneurs, a lot of themselves, ourselves, and tell ourselves, I'm a, I'm, I want to do this, but I want to do it by myself because mm -hmm. I want to prove something yep. that I can do this on my own, not knowing that there's so much power in partnership. Mm -hmm. uh, you can go so much further along in, it, in partnership. Yeah. And so to be in a space where I had to humble myself because God knew, be careful what you ask for because God knows exactly what it is. And I'm a PK. I'm a PK, uh, I'm a pastor's grandkid too. So oh, I get all of that, right? Yep. But here's the thing. When you get to a space where you like, okay, God, you're not allowing certain doors to open. You're not allowing certain levels of success be unlocked. Something's going on. Yep. You're trying to tell me something. Yep. Yep. And I said to myself, you know what? Hey, it's time for you to humble yourself. And you have somebody who is saying to you, hey, I want to work with you. Hey, I want to I do this together with you. Trust God and see what he got in store for you. And on the other side of that decision, wow. it has been the most rewarding experience I've ever experienced in my life, hands down. Man, tell the people how they can engage with y'all, man. Like, what, what, is people, black men, women, I, we got a large audience, though. All, you know, races and ethnicities. And like Mr. Gregory said, we're not gonna apologize for talking directly to black males today. Um, that's what we are. And we, that's where E and I started our work. And um, it's a community that needs us. And so we're gonna forever champion that. And so uh, we appreciate the rest of you sitting through. Uh, this and, and and listening to what we got no, to we say. No, we have white people come out to the walks too. No yeah, yeah. So yeah, matter of fact, sometimes we be like, we are gonna call this the black men's walk and bring a white friend. Mr. Gregory, I know you you're blind, but I'm light skinned and I'm mixed. So no, <laughs> no, you know. I know you thought I was a full bro. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, my mama white. And we tell women, yeah. hey, look, if you're looking for a husband, this is the best place to find. Hey, come one. on. Yeah. So uh, yeah. can you want to yeah, tell yeah, them? Yeah. Tell, yeah. Us, tell them, please. We got you know. Uh, and we and we also screen. Uh, we're providing screenings for our women as well this year. We have we have an uplift her initiative. Yeah. Because women are dying, you know, twice as, as quickly for, in the hands of breast cancer. And so we're trying to do everything that we can, again, to stand in that gap as well. Um, and so women can come out to our events. Uh, we do offer, uh, in some of our cities, we offer uh, free physical for the kids, too. So it's literally a fun yeah. family event. Seniors, too. Seniors as well. Yeah, okay. um, but org is our website where you can learn all about what we have going on across this country. Um, if you're ever in, in Ohio, Columbus, Ohio area, you can stop by our, our corporate office. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm um, always there. I work with Ohio State football, you, so. Hey, any, yeah, anytime. We would love to have, have you come, come by. by. Yeah. Um, on Instagram, social media, we are AA Wellness uh, Agency. Uh, follow us. Let us know, um, you know, if you're interested, come, come check out our walk. This is our 20th year doing this walk in Columbus, Ohio, and we're expecting more So the than, next one is when? We're kicking off our campaign in April, uh, okay. April 15th, in the city of Houston. Okay. It's their very first African-American male wellness 5K walk and run. It's going to okay. be hosted uh, by or on uh, TSU's campus at Texas Southern. Okay. So uh, we are excited about that. The following weekend, we're in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, this will be our second year walking in Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. So yeah. April 22nd, we're there. Yep. So we start in April. We'll walk in about 18 cities this year. Beautiful. And then we're going to end in L.A. in November. Yeah.
Okay, man, and uh, make sure y'all go check these brothers out, get the information, and go to the walk. Most importantly, we're going to start the new campaign slogan, know your numbers, right? Know your numbers. I like that. I never really heard anybody say it like that as it pertains to health, but know your numbers, man. Go to the doctor, get a full screening. Go I, listen, your doctor. I went to my doctor. Last time I went to my doctor, they drew way more blood than the prick, but they gave me, it was about <laughs> 72. No, I, my uh, my uh, cousin's wife is a nurse, and I just had her go through all of it with me. Like, I don't even know what none of, some of these, like, panels and lipids and all of this stuff that they, I didn't know what it was. But get your blood work done. Go find out what's going on. You just heard these yeah. brothers say, most of the stuff that y'all going to get is preventable. Yeah. All right, so I know it's nerve-wracking. Nobody likes to do it. It ain't my favorite thing in the world to sit there while they telling you, we'll call you in two days. You're like, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that, I, I get it. But this stuff is preventable. Um, these brothers are doing amazing work. Again, he said it. We don't do a lot of guests on this podcast, but... Man, when this type of work is going on and these brothers have such a heart for the community, and I told E, man, we, we you know, I, obviously us, you know, being on the affluent side of, you know, things, you kind of like, we have more access, but these brothers are providing access to any and everybody. So hopefully, even if you know people who don't listen to this podcast, who need to hear it, right, from other black men who, you know, same thing that, you know, y'all dealing with. Uh, please send this to them as well. Fellas, I appreciate y'all coming through, yes, man. Sir. This was amazing. Yes, we'll definitely do Looking an update episode. Yes, um, and we will get out to a walk for show. Um, I, w I was wanted to come to the one in Houston. We got Coachella uh, with Toby. Okay. We're doing our first Coachella that weekend. So I know we'll be going there, well, but we'll make sure April 15th. Yeah, we're in Detroit um, September 16th. So we're walking in the D, September 16th. Y'all come to the Columbus Walk August 4th, August 12th. August 12th, yeah. yeah. And well. ET could be our... Um, uh, come on. Our honorary yeah. speaker for that day, yeah. and whatever. Yeah, sure hey, it'd be nice walk. if you like yeah. just be our honorary national cheer for one year. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, 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 we talking some stuff up right here. Tell yeah. me what day the 16th, August 16th is. Uh, so September 16th, we're in Detroit. So what about That's on the August? August. The one in August is August 12th on, on a Saturday. What time? Huh? Saturday. 7 a.m. We started at 7. We're done at 12. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just gotta, you know, I preach on Saturday, but I can work it out. We, okay. we can talk and we can work something out. Yeah, yeah. You might be in the church, just don't need to go to church. They just come and walk. Like, get outside and let's go walk for church. Yeah, let's talk right. about it. Let's do it. Man, yeah. Kenny, Kamari, Mr. Gregory. Hey, I appreciate you. Appreciate y'all, hey, brothers, man. Your humbleness you. just absolutely intrigues me. Man, to be thank honest you, bro. Something else for him to be, get his head hey. blown up about. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is such Earmark a that from me. You know what I'm saying? I really, I see preachers all the time. And some of the ones you preached at, yeah. and I'm like, dude. They keep narrowing it. <laughs> they keep yeah, narrowing it. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I said I don't have nothing against the TikTok they pastors. They keep narrowing it. I don't know. I said pastors. Did he I don't with? know. Yeah. Some of the ones you've spoken with uh, in 2023, right. uh, the month of uh, March. Ago. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they keep narrowing it down. Listen, I know they're trying to reach a demographic. I'm trying to say, all I was trying to say is, I've seen it. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, yeah. I know what it really looks like to submit, to, to honor your wife, to, to be a great father, to, bruh, you talk about, like, you talk about E. I remember this man called me, said, yo, it's crazy. Diddy got MS. I said, what? Bruh, I'm, I'm over there like, what are we going to do? Bruh, when I tell you, bruh, just said, oh, see, I prayed about it. We good. How long ago was this? I don't even know. How I ain't, we ain't that. never did nothing but Jalen was a senior. I, this might sound off. 2012, maybe. Mm -hmm. this, okay, so ten, ten, over 10, 10 years, years ago. Listen to this. I promise you, since that date, 
And he was, I'm talking about, she good. I prayed about it. We good. When I tell you he just really moved like that, to this day, the only time we talk about Didi MS is when we joking. I'm just, I'm just being real. Because Didi be like, she don't want to go nowhere, so she be like, uh, tell him my MS flaring up. You know what I'm saying? Like, she good. You know, not that she don't have her challenges, but I'm just saying, like, this, like, he literally goes to God, and when he go to God, it's over. And, like, that's the type of stuff that you hear people preach about. Yeah. You might even see them say it, and you're like, oh, okay, it under it's good in theory. We done did life together now. So I've had evidence of this time after time. So, again, maybe those other pastors are like that. I don't know. You speak for your pastor. I'm going to speak for my brother and my pastor that I've seen it up close in person. And I told him, I ain't going nowhere. So I don't Well, care. I did what I was supposed to do. I came. I heard God. Yeah. God said, go tell what him. Supposed to do. He's Malcolm. Yeah. Yeah. He's I'm Martin. Martin. Yeah. Marcus Garvey. Evans. We need a black man that will step up, step in that space, and say, you know what? We've been preaching. We've been talking, mm -hmm. but we got to have a voice yeah. that says, black men, it ain't over for you. Yeah. We're, we're just beginning yeah. to take over our communities and what have you. That's, you got you to be that guy. I got you. And if I you don't want to be that guy, that. you go talk uh, to him. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got you. Um, he said it. I got you. Yeah. I, I don't even, they will tell <laughs> yeah. you this. Kimmy will tell you this. I don't get, I didn't met the Dalai Lama, Tupac, I met Carmen. I don't get starstruck by nobody. I don't even care to meet the people. They go to people, I go like, I don't care. But when I listen to him talk about you, you talk about your experience. You said black people used to have a Malcolm because we, we write, we, we, we read, we, 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 we had words. You said words were powerful. I was like, God said, tell him he's a Malcolm. And all that you have done and all that you've been blessed to do, all of that means nothing if, if we collectively don't get together. Well, I don't know why we keep waiting for white people to go take care of our communities. I don't know why black men think, oh, the white man's got the answer for us. We have trillions of dollars that went into our communities. And look, look at our black boys. Ben Crump and um, Ben Chavis said, it's a crime the way education is being done in our urban communities. And we should all be ashamed. But we don't nobody, where, where's Marcus at? His name is Eric Thomas. Mm. So I, hey, I did what God told me to do. And it's so funny because <laughs> Kenny, I never, like CJ the boss, so he can't, like his way is always the right way. Mm -hmm. So the only time I could get in, I have to say, and God said. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the only time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I yeah, God, yeah, yeah, God said. See, I talked to God. Yeah, I don't argue with that. I don't argue with that. So I try not yeah, to do that. I hey. on the reg, but when I do feel it. I do have yeah. to say, hey, God told me to tell you. I went to God I know we're supposed to go this, this way, but you know what I'm saying? I'd be like, oh. If I say, man, I got this idea, she'd be like, Man, I don't got time for your little crazy ideas. <laughs> so I had to be like, man, I was up at 2.15 this morning. Yeah. Wow. And God spoke to me at 2.37 and said, yes. mm. be like, all right, but it better work. <laughs> I, said, I, I promise you, God said it, so I received. AAWellness.org, man. Love y'all brothers. Appreciate y'all, man. Thank y'all for coming. We out of here. We'll see, see you next week. week. I want you to focus on here right now. Don't you worry about when you get home. You make this, you concentrate on this opportunity. You don't worry about tomorrow. You concentrate on this opportunity with all your might, with all your soul.
thank you so much for rocking with us as always, right? We don't take it lightly, guys. And we hope that we've provided transformation and not just information. We want you to become the best version of yourself, right? Make sure you check out the show notes to access all the important links and get your product discounts. Now, one favor we're asking of you, do us this favor. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We want to know your feedback and how we can serve you better. And if there's anyone that you think could benefit from listening to this show, please, I'm begging you, please share it with them. And remember, as E always says, if you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful.